hello and welcome to episode one of Drawing About the G-Men, the Giants football podcast. I'm Jace Garcia. I'm joined with Sean Scallion and Joe Aguirre. So let's dive right in to Giants talk. Let's talk a little bit about the preseason. We, we did good, 4-0, yeah. beating the Jets, the Bears, the Bengals, the Patriots. In my opinion, I thought the Bears win was the most impressive because of their defense, and we demolished them 32-13. to 13. And, uh, boy, Daniel Jones has been looking good. What did you guys think of this preseason? Uh, I th- yeah, I think you, you hit most of it. Uh, Daniel Jones has definitely looked great so far. You bring up the numbers. He was 86 completion percentage, two touchdowns, no interceptions. Obviously, the successor for QB is looking like it's in a great spot for the Giants to move into. Also, I think the defense looked a lot better with a lot of you know new veterans coming in. Um, the rookies, uh, some names that popped out to me. Ryan Connolly looked good. I think uh, he can be a great inside linebacker for us this year. Ballantyne looked good, the sixth rounder out of Washburn, and uh, O'Shane Zimenez also had a couple sacks. So I think uh, there's definitely a lot of young core talent to look forward to on the defensive side of the ball, and I think on the offensive side of the ball, they showed us a little bit what this offense is going to look like. I, I think it looks good. I, the old line looks good as well. I'll tell you what I liked most about the four games was the Giants won the games late. And yeah. I think if we've seen anything yeah. over the last two years, it's this team can't finish anybody. Yep. I know it's preseason, so it's not as big a deal. But I think if that is the mindset these guys are going to start the season with, it's better than always coming up short. Some heartbreaking losses last year. Yeah. I'll say this about Daniel Jones. I was not on board with the pick. I said it, it will take a lot to get me on board. And again, I realize it's preseason. I don't want to make too much of it. What I really like about this kid is he has got impeccable touch. I mean, he just knows where to put a football. He's got a pretty deep ball. And I wonder how much of, you know, the scouting was he's just not around talented players when he was at Duke. And now that he's got some skill guys, he actually does have some talent. I thought even more impressively on rollouts, you could just see the mobility and the difference between Eli at 37 uh, and and Daniel Jones as a rookie. It's... Very noticeable, and it's something to be excited about. I think the big problem, and I'm sure we're going to delve into this, is at what point will this team turn things over to Daniel Jones? Because the defense does have some great young guys on it. I think that the starters and the starting unit in particular looked porous in all four games for as little time as they spent on the field. I wasn't impressed. I love Janoris Jenkins, but... He's not a jackrabbit anymore. No. He's like a fat bunny. <laughs> and I, I'm just, I'm really concerned about that. Um, I understand why there wasn't any number one picks uh, for other quarterbacks. Yeah. Uh, you know, DeAndre Baker is the best quarterback that came out of that yeah. draft. Probably also wasn't worthy of a first round pick. He He seems like he's going to be better than average, but I don't think really anything more than that. Yeah, I, well, there was also a small sample size from uh, Baker. I think he only ended up playing in two games. Yeah, he but, was um, injured. Yeah, but I, I agree with the defense. There's the uh, middle of the field is still a huge, huge killer for us. The linebackers covering the the tight ends and running backs out of the backfield. So yeah, there's definitely some some concerns still, but th- some some optimism too. I think. I think the defense is the biggest problem we have right now. But uh, backpedaling a little, let, let's talk about Daniel Jones because he did look impressive in the four games. 
my big thing when he was drafted was with a quarterback, you want leadership. I, I don't think he really showed that at Duke. He he wasn't an on-the-field leader. He he worked hard. He has a hell of an arm, as we've seen. But I think there is a correlation between talent and leadership. I, I think we want uh, someone in New York that can take the leadership position and do something great with it. Granted, that's something that he can come along and learn. It, it, it's just tough. And I do think Saquon Barkley can also help that with leadership because he is, everyone's saying he's the LeBron James football. So I think with all that being said, he, there are a lot of upsides to Daniel Jones and work hard. But what do you guys think of Daniel Jones's, and when do you think he will come in and start playing? I think that Daniel Jones, he's taking uh, good strides and and definitely learning under Eli. He's taking him under his wing. I think he can learn a lot about just the locker room, um, about the regular season, preparation, stuff like that. So I think that helps Daniel Jones' cases a lot of him being the leader right away because he gets to learn under Eli. So in terms of that, I think he, he can really come out and just uh, – Learn from Eli, so he, he's going to have that down. I, I think, and Russell Shepard, one of the receivers, said that Daniel Jones is more, he more leads by example than he does by going out and actually saying things, yeah. less of a vocal guy, more like Eli. So I, I kind of like that because he, he resembles Eli in a way, and I think that will uh, it will work out eventually for the Giants. I remember when Dave Brown was the Giants starting <laughs> quarterback, another Duke guy, yeah. and uh, a lot of the things they said about him or some of the same things you're saying about Daniel Jones, and that really never panned out yeah. for the New York football Giants. So I, I, I do think this kid's got good pedigree. I think you couldn't ask for a better tutor than Eli Manning. And let's be honest, New York Giant quarterbacks aren't, 40 touchdown, 4,000-yard no. guys. They're just not. You want a guy who can manage a game. You want a guy who is a precision passer who's not going to turn the football over, especially when you got Saquon Barkley and you're sort of going back to some old-school Giants football where you're going to run the ball down their throat. You're going to, you know, short slants where, again, in, in effect, almost like running the football you're going to need a hard-nosed defense, which they obviously don't have. So that's going to create some problems. But I think that Daniel Jones will be adequate for what a Giants quarterback is. You know, I, I think for a lot of people, for people who don't appreciate what Eli Manning is and what his career has been, are people who thought he was going to be like Peyton and that he was going to put up, you know, four to 5,000 yards and throw for, you know, 30 to 50 touchdowns. That's not what the job entails, you know, and, and, and what is a leader? What is a leader? What's, you know, a vocal leader? I don't know that the, I mean, we haven't had that since Eli's been there as the, as the Giants quarterback. Saquon Barkley in his second season was named one of the uh, offensive captains. Yeah. He's a vocal guy yeah. and that's great. He can be the face of the team and, and the captain. I think Daniel Jones has the potential to be a really good giant quarterback. And that doesn't mean a good NFL quarterback. It means a good giant quarterback. So from from that angle, that that's, that's what I'm most excited about. Uh, again, he surprised me with a lot of the throws that he was able to make and where he was able to put the football. Uh, you know, and again, I hear a lot of people, well, it was against second team. It doesn't, it's, it's an NFL football game. 
Yeah. And any one of those guys he was throwing against could very well be starting in the NFL this season because that's how the NFL works. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm a big proponent of you got to beat who's in front of you. He looked really great. He yeah. far exceeded my expectations for sure. I agree. I think a lot of that also has to be put on the offensive line, which has been a big upgrade, getting Zettler, getting Halia Pio, and Nate Solder coming into his second year. When Eli does really, really bad, it's because he's getting pressure on him. And we didn't see a lot of pressure on Daniel Jones. He, he took he took a couple hits, but that that's going to happen when you're a QB. Now, I just want to go around. What's the over? When, when do you expect to see Daniel Jones? I'm going to put my prediction at week 10. I know they play Patriots week six, and that is a Thursday night game, and then they have the pretty much almost week and a half to prepare. So I think if the Giants are struggling at that point, which I don't think they will because they have a pretty relatively easy first four weeks, I think that that might be a point where they want to think about, hey, we have a week and a half where we can you know, set up Daniel Jones to go into this next game. So I think that would be the first week I would look at. But it, I think it really all depends. I think we can't say right now just because it depends on the record at the point. Yeah. But if I, if they were struggling, I would probably say around the same as you, week 10 maybe. Uh, I know they have bye week left, so maybe week 12. The, the week 10 to 12, I would say probably. I, I think things may not play out well because I have a feeling that the Giants are going to be 4-4 four and four through eight games. Makes sense. And if they're four and four through eight games, there's going to be public pressure to try to get Eli back to the playoffs. Yeah. And -hmm. it's going to be hard to sit an icon if you're four and four. Maybe you go to four and five, four and six. So, you know, again, I, I wonder what the plan is. Put this in your mind for right now. I think if Eli gets hurt in game one, I think Alex Tanney will be the starting quarterback. I think there's a reason they kept him and cut Loretta, who clearly outplayed Tanney. My feeling is, is their thought is, if Eli's not ready, they're not turning this thing right over to Daniel Jones. That's my personal belief. And again, I I just get worried, you know, if the Giants get, get to, you know, six and eight. Is that when they're going to finally make? I just don't want to see the Giants wait too long. But as long as this team's competitive, from what they've been telling us the last two years, you would think Eli would stay in there for the long haul. And again, I don't think Daniel Jones is technically the backup quarterback uh, heading into week one. All right. That's an interesting take. I I do kind of agree with that because you want a rookie quarterback to sit out as long as you can learn get the uh, developed into the league and start to understand how the league works. So I get that. Pat Shermer did come out a while ago, right after they picked Daniel Jones, and said as long as they are competing for a playoff spot, Eli Manning's their starting quarterback. So I don't know since the preseason, since Daniel Jones has done well, how that's going to affect it. But we'll wait and see. Who are some guys that in the preseason that – uh Gave you some hope and showed that they can impact during the regular season. For mine, I, I think Wayne Gallman. Uh, I really liked him two years ago when he came in for when Paul Perkins was injured. And I think he is a solid third down running back, giving uh, Saquon Bar- Barkley some couple downs off. He's solid pass catcher out of the backfield, and he can he can do a lot to help the team. 
Who do you think, Sean? I had mentioned a couple before, but um, I picked one for defense, one for offense. For defense, I went with uh, the inside linebacker, Ryan Connolly. He, uh, it just looked like he was all over the field. It looks like he was around the ball every play. Uh, had the great first game, five tackles against the Jets. And uh, I think by the end of the season, he has a good shot to be that second starting inside linebacker uh, next to Alec Ogletree and place to Tate Davis just because he looks just much more athletic. He, he can be a three-down back. He's uh, very good against the run. Um, and he could, he could be that Giants inside linebacker that – can defend the past that we've missed for the past five, six years. They've just – teams have been destroying us um, in the middle of the field. I think he could be that guy. Well, Alec Ogletree did lead, lead the Giants in interceptions last year. So. Yeah, uh, yeah, I know. And I think that's I think that's going to be an outlier compared to – because if you look okay. at the, the rest of his – I think he only has two career picks or something very small for the rest of his career. So I don't think that's, that's going to happen again. I don't expect to see that production from him. But uh, anyways, for offense, I picked uh, the tight end Garrett Dickerson because they they run a lot of two tight end sets, so they like to keep the tight end heavy in there with Ellison and uh, Ingram. But also, uh, they used the third tight end a lot last year. Scott Simonson got a lot of action. So I just – I expect – and he – they brought Garrick Dixon uh, up from the practice squad at the end of the year last year, so he has familiar, familiarity with the offense. So I think the just I expect a big year from him, just because I know the Giants like to run their heavy tight end sets. And then just honorable mentions for defense, I had Corey Ballantyne showed some promise, and uh, O'Shane Zimenez, the edge rusher. And then O-line, I had obviously Daniel Jones, but I just don't expect him to impact exactly this year, yeah. obviously down the line. The O-lineman, Nick Gates, he, I think he has a chance to be our swing tackle, the backup tackle, so he looked pretty good. And then I said Alonzo Russell, but obviously he got cut, but he yeah. I, he had a good preseason. He though. did, he did. O'Shane Zimmitt has really stood out to me, a, a guy who was able to get to the quarterback, put pressure on. That's going to be huge for the Giants. On defense, I'm not thrilled that uh, Dexter Lawrence is playing out of position. Not sure I understand that. I mean, when you drafted the guy, you know, there they were probably other guys that you could have plugged into that spot. It just seemed like an odd thing for them, uh, and, and I'm really not sure why they did it. And Ballantyne also uh, stood out to me as somebody who I thought really played well and, and showed a lot of potential. On offense... As far as the young guys, nobody really stood out. I, you know, Wayne Goldman has never done it for me. Paul Perkins is even worse. I'd like to see the Giants do better. Uh, I, I really liked uh, uh, Rod Smith. I thought he, yeah, you know, I, I thought he looked the best of uh, any of the other running backs on the roster. And again, you know, uh, the kid Russell, I know he got cut as well. I thought he looked really good, too. I think that's somebody whose face you may see again before the season is over. So it should be interesting. Uh, Going back on your point with Dexter Lawrence, I think they're changing the defense with a three-man front, normally a four-man front. And I think they're doing it with three defensive tackles. We don't really have a D-end anymore. So it's going to be up to the outside linebackers to put pressure on the quarterback. Those big three in there are just looking to stuff to run. I don't expect them yeah. to be getting sacks. They're not going to be a Michael Strahan, OCU Manora, Justin Tuck, uh, JPP. Definitely so not. It, it is different than what we are used to, but I think there is something. There's definitely something in the works and something that might work out well with that. You know, in the grand okay. scheme of things, it's been a long time since the Giants' defensive linemen have, have more or less been no names around the league. Yeah. It just hasn't been the case in, in like 30 years. It's going to be weird. It's going to be kind of a weird approach. 
I'm kind of glad they're going to run a 3-4. I, I think really the, the way this defense has played the last couple of seasons has been just poor overall. Yeah, you know, yeah. it, it, it really has. They're going to be out in the field a lot. This is a different league now. You know, again, Alec Ogletree just... I remember when the Giants traded for him, I was excited. Until I thought, well, wait a minute. Why would the Rams be given the... Okay. Uh, And and I think we've seen it for the most part. I'm concerned. I love my Giants. I really do. But I, I have a lot of concern about that defense. And, you know, a lot of young guys would have to get really good really fast. Yeah. For yeah, this team to have, they're almost they're almost dependent on the Giants, the young defense, just all uh, breaking out right away. And I I just think I think some of them definitely could because they have the potential to. But I to expect it all in one year, all at one time for all these young players is just I just don't think it will happen. It would take a miracle. Yeah. It, 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 best and, case scenario, I mean, these guys could all be really good. Yeah. But you're right, Sean. It's it's not going to happen in in one camp, and and it's just not. I think they bumped Dexter Lawrence out to defensive end just because they don't trust bumping Dalvin Tomlinson out there just because he's he doesn't have the yeah. durability or the speed to be a Dan. I think he's more of a one technique, zero technique uh, in the middle. I think that's the big reasoning behind uh, throwing Lawrence out to the Dan position. Last season, go and trade your three best defensive players in Snacks Harrison, Olivier Vernon, and Landon Collins. Like, you're obviously going to have a young defense. And I I don't necessarily think that was the best decision. Starting off with nothing, getting rid of all your good talent. And so it is tough. Um, They definitely do have to prove themselves. And if they want to compete, they got to get going as soon as possible. I'll say this too, Landon Collins was my favorite player. So yeah, that, you know, that hurt. That hurt yeah. a lot. I'm not going to lie to you. Snacks was mine. I, I, I legitimately cried when they traded him to the Lions. Yeah. I, yeah, I, cried. I didn't understand that move. You know, my I heard that he was asked to be a leader and was like, yeah. Meh, I don't really want to do that. And because my thought is, okay, great. If you could just take up the entire middle and take on those double teams. I I don't care if you don't say a word to any of your teammates. This this idea that culture, I don't like that word culture. I don't know what that means. The only culture that should matter is the culture of winning. Yeah. And to act like that's the culture that the Giants are preaching is silly because they've won five times in two years. You know, malcontents is is that what we're is that what these guys really are? For all the people that talked about Beckham and and what a cancer in the locker room he he was, I've heard that he wasn't at all. That the guys in the locker room loved him. Yeah. So uh, you know, I keep hearing that word get thrown around. Guys are buying into the culture. I don't know what the culture is. It it seems like the culture is more just do what we say and don't question it because it's not a winning culture. And I don't I don't know where they can kind of get off trying to pass this thing off as that. Like Sean mentioned earlier, Eli led by example on the field. Damian Snacks Harrison was the third person down the field to get a tackle, and he's a defensive tackle. Like, yeah. if that's not leading on the field, I don't know what is. I mean, if that's in the past, it's just going to get me more fired up. <laughs> yeah, but- I, I didn't mean to get you fired up, Jace. <laughs> I, I definitely didn't because, you know... I'm I'm one of those people. I I want to trust the system. Yeah. 
I want to believe in Dave Gettleman, but if he brings one more uh, free agent Panther into this locker room, I'm going to snap. <laughs> yeah, the Panthers okay? and the Cardinals. They're, There's got to be other guys out there uh, that you could take a look at is all I'm saying. It's it's getting a little silly. You know, I understand the idea you want to bring in guys you're familiar with, but there's a reason that they're available. Yeah. At yeah. some point, you want to bring in some talent, too, not just, you know, players that you know. Right. I, I agree. <laughs> Looking uh, forward to Sunday, week one, NFL finally starts. They're going to the Cowboys. Ezekiel Elliott just got paid six years, 90 mil, 50 mil guaranteed, but he just started practicing today. How do you think that's going to affect the game on Sunday? Um, I think, in a sense, they, I think they're just going to limit his touches or carries probably by a little bit. I I fully expect Zeke to still be at the top of his game, though. He's, yeah. I mean, he's a top three running back in the league. He's led the league in rushing past two out of three years. I don't expect much to change there, but I just, I, in terms of number of touches and carries, I probably expect that to go down maybe He's usually around 20 carries, maybe say he gets 15 carries in this game. I just expect his touches to be down a little bit. I, I think the production will still be there. I hope he's injured uh, <laughs> because he hasn't been practicing as much and that he's out for the year. But that's me wishing bad <laughs> yeah. things on, I'm sure, good people. But, uh, yeah, I'm sure he's going to be fine. I, I, you know, I, I was kind of optimistic about him maybe missing yeah, the game. I hear he's same, been yep. very much uh, staying in shape, working out, kind of getting some reps in. I'm sure he's going to be just fine. But, you know, the, the Giants have a tendency when you don't think they're going to win a game yeah. and they're in Dallas that they kind of win these games. Yeah. And... I just wonder, uh, you know, again, with with Zeke a little off his game, obviously with, with uh, Dak not very happy yeah. about the way things are playing out there, with the expectations, maybe you're kind of looking at the Giants like, meh, you know, it's the Giants. I think this is the kind of game where the Giants could punch you in the mouth uh, and pull out like a, a, a 24-21 win. That's yeah. me. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised. Neither would I. Uh, I think the real big thing going into this game, it's a big test for this uh, pretty much new offensive line. Uh, Demarcus Lawrence is a beast, and they're going to have to protect Eli as much as they can. I mean, the offensive line has looked good in the preseason, but it's just worrying me how good that Dallas Cowboys defense is. Yeah, and uh, luckily for the Giants, uh, Robert Quinn is suspended for the first two games. Their uh, edge rusher, and so is Randy Gregory. Well, he's always suspended, but again, you can always count again, on the this, Cowboys to have a couple you, of guys. Yeah, on this yeah, Tyrone list. Crawford almost, but he he'll he'll play week one. <laughs> but anyways, um, so luckily that helps us out a little bit. Um, but we still have to face you know Demarcus Lawrence, one of the best edge rusher in the league. Uh, Taco Charlton has looked good in yeah. the um, preseason. They have Antoine Woods. Uh, Malik Jackson. They, I mean, they just have a lot of depth. So it's definitely going to be a big test. The Giants' offensive line, uh, the pro football focus ranked them 17th going into this season. So they're right around middle of the pack, which is definitely improvement from over the past couple of years. And I have, a, I think they have a chance to even step into the top 10. Uh, by the end of the season, they all get cohesive. And they they looked good, and especially run blocking. They I think they looked very solid in the preseason. Um, I, I just think the pass blocking at times, I think the tackles could be uh, – 
could be a little bit pressed by the the speed rush and uh you could in the or the Bengals game that they played against uh when Daniel Jones got whacked in the backfield they uh, the starting old line was out there it was Remmers and Solder playing against uh it, it was the first team defense for the Bengals but definitely definitely still a little bit of a scare coming around the edges um but yeah it, it should be exciting their first big test and it's definitely like you said a big big test to come out with week one we talked about a lot of guys who played pretty well in the preseason. The one yeah. name notable who we didn't mention at all was Eli Manning. Yeah, Eli Manning did not look particularly good. Again, it was very limited action in the preseason. He did nothing. And I'm a big Eli guy. And, I, and I'm fine with this, this weird plan where, you know, Eli got last year and he gets this season – and for anybody who thought, you know, things were going to shake out otherwise, that's literally what they said. They were going to bring Eli back for two more seasons. This is year two. I didn't expect they would take his best weapon away, but, you know, that's yeah. a plan, and it's you got to trust it, I guess. <laughs> but Eli, to me, didn't look great. And, I, and I'm really concerned about his performance. The, the Giants are only going to play as well as Eli Manning plays. And I don't know. I, I just, I would have liked to have seen more from Eli to make me feel like, oh, passes are a little bit sharper. Oh, he looks a little fresher. I didn't see any of that. And that makes me nervous. And again, it's part of the reason why I think they kept Alex Tenney and not Kyle Laletta on this roster. Because I think if, again, be it injury or dismal performance, I think you would see Tanny before you'd see Jones. Which is upsetting. Yeah. yeah. No I, doubt. I think the reasoning they kept Tanny is because um Eli's gonna be so busy during the week involved in the game plan and because he's getting ready to prep for this game that he doesn't have all this time to cater to Daniel Jones and be that so-called mentor for him for the week so I think that's why they kept Alex Tanny over Lalletta because they weren't going to develop Lalletta anyways they already have their young QB and Jones so I think Tanny is just that that extra mentor because Eli just has is so busy during the week with the the game prep and getting ready for that game that I think Tanny is that just that second guy in the locker room for Jones I think that was isn't there some ex-Panthers quarterback out there like Steve Berline you could have signed? <laughs> Derek Anderson. Yeah, Derek Anderson. There had to be yeah. some some uh, crafty old veteran. Alex yeah. Taney just doesn't jump to mind as like, that's who I want to mentor my guy. Yeah, he just doesn't strike me as the guy. I I hope it's that. I really yeah. do. I I hope it's, it's more that than what I'm thinking because, you know, I, I thought Loletta looked really good. It's a shame yeah. that I guess when you're a fourth round pick, you get one shot, one quarter, and if you don't, that's yeah. it, you're done. I guess that's the life of the fourth round pick. Yeah. Too bad. Yeah. We're we're excited for that to happen. We're excited to see what goes down Sunday. But let's get into some just Giants news. Starting off with Baker Mayfield uh, in an interview with GQ, comes out, talks about the Daniel Jones pick. Says it blows his mind. Some people overthink it. That's where people go wrong. They forget you've got to win. I think this was a little bit blown out of proportion. For sure. Daniel Jones was not winning. And especially when you look at the fact that the Giants had a chance to get Dwayne Haskins, who is, I think, 21-1 and at The Ohio State University, and they pick Daniel Jones over him. I think that says something. 
But uh, I, I get, I like, that's the big thing that got me upset with the Stan Jones pick. So I get where Baker's coming from. What do you guys think of those comments? Yeah, I mean, I could I could understand where, where he's coming from. But at the same time, I think he should just shut his mouth and go go play and worry about the Cleveland Browns. Yeah. Because obviously the, the media doesn't help out because they're asking you the questions, yeah. pretty much prompting you to say something like that back. I think Daniel Jones handled it uh, in a great way. You know, he just went about his business uh, like Eli would, a very humble way, and said, you know, took all the blame for the Duke, them not having a winning record, even though he had one of the worst lines in the country and his receivers dropped the most balls in the country. So it, didn't, it definitely didn't help him out, but he still took it on his back and, uh, and was humble about it. So I think that's a very, very good response by Daniel Jones, and I, I love to see that out of uh, our quarterback. Baker Mayfield goes for the bait every time. He's an idiot. And I get it. I, 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 you know, I get everything about Baker Mayfield. But as far as criticizing somebody who was a higher pick than what people thought they were, Baker Mayfield is, is literally that's his life. Yeah. It's exactly what happened to Baker. I still think that was the stupidest move ever that they would have taken Baker first. They easily could have ended up with Baker at four and they could have walked away with Saquon Barkley. Just goes to show how stupid they are. These two teams are going to forever be linked, at least for the next, let's say, eight or nine years, as long as Odell Beckham Jr. is on that roster. These teams are going to be linked. Last year, kind of cute with, with Mayfield and Barkley in the bet about getting a chain for the rookie of the year, which, I mean, again, we knew who the rookie of the year was. Yeah. It, it, was, it was pretty clear. And I'm sorry, Baker, you didn't have a chance. No. And I'll tell you what, they've got really high expectations in Cleveland. I mean, obviously, upon the, the trade yeah. for, for Beckham, they went from title, you know, for, for, for division contender to Super Bowl contender. Yeah. yeah. And... I have a feeling that that team's going to end up in the 9-7 and seven range and possibly miss the playoffs. So I think if Baker Mayfield were a smarter person, he would probably keep his mouth shut just in general on a lot of these things, whether it's taking the bait from Colin Cowherd, who has had a <laughs> field day with Baker. I mean, just win some games Play football. You could be flashy and have fun with your teammates. That's what Odell Beckham does. Don't be an idiot. Don't don't cause undue pressure and and put yourself in stupid situations running your mouth. These two guys on that on that team, Beckham and, and Mayfield, no. I mean your targets now. Nobody cares about Cleveland football at all. Suddenly it matters. Do your talking on the field. Digging with Cleveland. Odell uh, came out in an interview with Sports Illustrated saying uh, this wasn't a business move. This was personal. They thought they'd send me here to die. Uh, (laughs) This is Odell being a diva wide receiver, a staple of the NFL for the past 20 years. I get where he's coming from. I get that there was a stigma with the Browns, but I mean... They did just pay him a bunch of money. They still made that contract happen. And now he's in a spot where he, honestly, in my opinion, he's probably got a better contention for winning. He's playing with his best friend, with one of the best yeah. young quarterbacks in the league, great weapons on offense. You 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 think that they sent you there to die? 
It went, is that your feelings about Cleveland, Odell? Odell's a little dramatic. Clearly. I mean, dude, come on. There's a lot of places they could have sent you that were worse than Cleveland. They could have yeah. sent you to a team that doesn't have a quarterback. That would have been really bad. Buccaneers, Dolphins. Sure. I was going to say the Dolphins are at the top of my list. Yep. You know, you, you could have sent that kid really to, to Siberia if you wanted to. <laughs> the Giants really hooked him up with the trade to Cleveland. He needs to get over it. I love Odell. I'm I'm sorry to see him as a Cleveland Brown. I think it was a huge mistake on the part of the Giants. Yeah, I think it's one of those things that's going to come back to bite them for years to come. But, dude, get over it. They, they hooked you up and they sent you to the place that, you know, he'd been linked to the Browns for quite a while. A couple, couple months before So... That. It, it, it was inevitable if he didn't want to get traded to Cleveland. And I get a feeling he, he knew it could be coming. He certainly could have mentioned how much he thought uh, Cleveland was trash when the rumors first started. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think uh, I, I love Odell, you know, for all he's done for the Giants. But I think, it, you know, for both us, the fans, and him, just time to move on. Worry about We'll worry about the Giants, and you go worry about the Browns. And I think that's just where we should leave it. Moving on to the injury report, we got Rod Smith, who you mentioned, Joe, earlier, Sam Beal, Scott Simonson, Britton Golden, who had an excellent return for a touchdown in the preseason. I like him. He had a good preseason. He looked good. Jonathan Anderson and the rookie, I'm going to butcher this name, George Asafo Ajayi. Uh, They're all on the injury reserve. So we, we... won't be seeing them this season as well as there's also Darius Slayton who's injured Sterling Shepard and Alec Ogletree they're listed as questionable but according to coach Shermer Shepard and Ogletree will be ready for week one and then those are two big big guys we definitely need for week one yeah yeah for sure um yeah I think Shepard being coming back in time is going to be huge obviously with the Golden Tate suspension uh we're going to need Benny Fowler and Cody Loudermere step up, but it, it definitely helps that we have our number one receiver. And Ogletree, it's uh, you know, there's not a lot of experience in that uh, the inside linebacking court. Tay Davis going into his second year. Connolly's going to be a rookie, so we definitely need that experience in the the backfield there for linebacking. And uh, just one thing I wanted to say that it's been upsetting for Sam Beal so far, who missed all of last year, the yeah. supplemental draft pick, and then this year going on the IR again. Luckily, he's got the designation that uh, they put him on the 53-man first so that he can come back. I think you can come back to practice in six weeks, and then you can come back for that week eight game, which hopefully he can find the field this year and uh, try and help out that cornerback position. But it's, it's just not good to see that he's missing more and more time. I was just going to jump all over that. You know, third-round supplemental draft pick. The Giants were very high on this guy, and he just yeah. hasn't been able to get on the field, which is a real shame. And, and again, another injury, more time off the field. Who knows what that's going to do to him long-term. Uh, but that's a guy who, who you know, I know the organization feels really, really high on him. I, unfortunate, we're not going to get a chance once again uh, to see him make uh, much of a contribution, so... Yeah, and Sean, you mentioned it as well. Golden Tate suspended the first four games for violating the NFL's performance-enhancing substances policy. Now, this is this is an interesting stat I thought I'd bring up. If you go back and look at the past two seasons with the Eagles winning and uh, the Patriots winning the Super Bowl, they both had p- 
key players who were suspended due to PEDs in Lane Johnson and uh, Ed- Julian Edelman. Huh. So I'm going to say the Giants are a Super Bowl contender now. <laughs> <laughs> It's shocking that the Giants literally have a 0.1% chance, according to Vegas, of making it to the Super Bowl. That is, um, Better than it's nothing. a kick in the nuts, is really what it is. You know, to, to go into a season, and, and, I, and I, I had high hopes last season. I For whatever, you know, whatever foolish reasons, I thought... And again, I, I think if you go back and look at last season, some of those heartbreaking losses, this team could have been a lot better than what they finished up. Yeah. They, in my opinion, th- this Giants team over the last few years has gotten this loser mentality. And you can see it in that they can't finish a game ever. Every time they go down the field and they put up points late, the other team right back down the field with, with – I think that, you know, and again, that's why I say with the, with the 4-0 in the preseason, I think just getting into the mentality of, of the game ends and, and you've got more points than the other team, I think they got to start getting that winning mentality back. That's what Giants football is. You know, it, it's about going 9-7 and seven and either missing the playoffs or making the playoffs. It's been a few years. It's frustrating, but the idea that this Giants team going into, uh, you know, into 2019 has – Literally zero chance, probably of making the postseason, and even lesser chance of of you know getting hot and, and maybe going on a run. It's it's disheartening. Yeah, I would say postseason run and ending up in the Super Bowl is definitely out of the question. I would yeah. think, but making the going maybe nine nine and seven and ten and six and uh, sneaking in that second wild card maybe behind the Eagles or Cowboys or wins, I, I don't think that's too too far fetched. I think they'll no. finish right around five hundred. So I w- I wouldn't be too shocked if they got to the postseason as a wild card. I'm more concerned they're gonna finish four and twelve than nine and it, seven. It it could really go either way, which it, is the the scary part about the Giants the past couple of years. I, again, I think if you're being objective, and as I look at you in your LT jersey <laughs> and your in your Giants hat, I'm thinking, how objective is he being? You're exactly right. I, I mean, this team has the talent to win football games. But if you say 10 and 6, I think most people would laugh in your face. Not because it's not possible, but based on where they've been over the last couple of years. And again, I think just shaking off that loser mentality. I, I think that's going to really be key for this team. But, you know, this thing could go horribly bad really fast i mean if the giants open this season zero and six i wouldn't be shocked which is horrible to say yeah but it's yeah. that's as much a possibility as four and two is yeah the only thing is that the i think the schedule is much easier this year yeah, definitely. and it's definitely a lot easier the first three weeks we play well the first three out of the first four weeks uh, after the cowboys game we have buccaneers bills redskins and th- those three are all winnable games. And if we could actually go into Dallas and end up winning that first game, um, shocking them, we could. Uh, there's a there's a good chance we could start four and zero. And which I mean, knowing the Giants the past couple of seasons, that seems like it's way out of way out of possibility. But I I I really think that they have a chance of getting a good start, and that will definitely you know help them propel them into that winning mentality. You were saying getting back into the groove. They also could just as easily win the first four and then lose the last twelve. Yeah. Yeah. 
I, I agree with that. Hard to gauge. Yeah. Very, very hard to gauge. But l- like you said, Sean, it is a very beneficial schedule for them playing the AFC East, who really, it's only the Patriots. The NFC North is tough. I, I really don't expect them to win uh, any of those games. Yeah, maybe the Lions. Maybe the Lions, yeah. But it's three easy wins, I think, in the AFC East. And then the NFC East is anyone can win any given Sunday. Yeah, yeah that's the beauty that's of, of NFC East football <laughs> yeah. is, you know, when when just when you expect one team to thump the other, somebody loses at home and you're like, oh, God, I didn't see that coming. So, again, you know, for me, this team, this team could be – this team's got so much potential – yeah, that it's hard. It's hard to realistically lay out what you think is gonna happen. And not that you couldn't, but it's just it's it's difficult because again, if these guys play well, if this defense isn't, if this defense isn't as bad as last season's, let's say that, if yeah. these guys can stop people late in games, I think this offense is good enough. To put them in position to maybe steal more games, where seven and nine to me is a little more of a possibility, or dare I say, an eight and eight, a nine and seven? Who knows? I think eight yeah. and eight's right there. Uh, the two other games they have besides the ones I mentioned, the Bucks and the worst team last year in the Arizona Cardinals. So I think eight and eight is definitely realistic. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't be shocked if they did better than that. Also, I wouldn't be shocked if they did worse than that. So. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think like Joe said, it's just very tough to gauge. Because also with the QB thing, it's you know if they do start off not good, um, they're gonna bench Eli at some point for Daniel Jones. So that, and then you could put in the rookie curve at the end of the season. He's going into these cold games, his first first couple games as a rookie. So I don't, I wouldn't expect them to win as much then. So yeah, very very tough to gauge. Yeah, and I think it will also be tough for the coaches. As soon as Eli throws a pick, you're gonna have Giants fans saying, "Put Daniel Jones in, put Dan." So, so it's gonna to be tough. Yeah. Uh, hopefully, they can tune that out and just play Giants football. Cuts to get down to the 53-man roster. Some notable ones: uh, Kyle Laletta, obviously the QB. Uh, T.J. Jones, who I thought was really good in the preseason, and especially right now, how we really need wide receivers it, i was really shocked by him and also alonzo russell to get yep. cut as well as uh chad wheeler who has been the the sixth man on the offensive line for a while now for the giants just speaks to the depth teams. though of young guys they've got on yeah. that old line and how yeah, good right. they feel about it because i'll be honest over the last couple of years, whenever Chad Wheeler's in the game, I never felt good about things, yeah. ever. And he he started 14 games for us last year, which is, I mean, because that Eric Flowers, obviously, that didn't work out. That was a disaster. Yeah, and I, I thought the TJ Jones was uh, it was shocking, too. I think if he doesn't get hurt in that, that last Patriots game, he's got a better shot of being that, that sixth wide receiver we kept. I thought it was surprising. And then also uh, B.J. Goodson uh, – getting cut and then like a practice squad trade to the Packers. So uh, th- that was that was really shocking to me, especially since we we aren't good when it comes to linebackers and he was easily the second best. Yeah, I I it was definitely confusing. I just think they're uh the personnel they're going for, they're kind of uh going away from BJ Goodson's uh talent and his um uh, 
just his his overall his style his style of play. He's more of a, a come downhill um, bashing linebacker that, that apparently the Giants uh, they weren't looking for. So I, I was definitely shocked by that because he's he's been our starting inside linebacker for the past two two or three years, and just to ship him away for a seventh rounder, I, at least we got something in return for him, which yeah. which was I I was pleased with. Zach Diasi, Sterling Shepard, Evan Ingram, Paul Perkins, Wayne Gallman, and Dalvin Tomlinson are the only six players who remain from a Jerry Reese draft. Yeah. I think we're at the point now where if you're not a Gettleman guy and your name's not Eli, they they just don't want you around. I, again, they keep using that word culture. I'm not sure what it means, but they are very – they know exactly what it is they want and what they're looking for. I think B.J. Goodson, I think he never matched the talent that he had. I think this is this is a guy who obviously started a lot of games, could have been better. Yeah. And I think when you look at some of the young guys they have on the roster, I mean, he just basically got pushed out. And there's no loyalty to Jerry Reed guys anymore. So... You're gonna have to. I mean, again, the, if you if you look at the six names I mentioned, those are those are pretty big big time guys on this team. Mm-hmm. And I would think Goldman and Perkins would probably be the next two that will be uh, yeah. on their way out the door. Yeah, I th- yeah, I think the only two that would really be well, Eli and Diasi are obviously going to retire within the next few seasons. I would guess, but I, I think Tomlinson and Ingram would probably be safe. But yeah, I would agree that the two running backs, uh, maybe not so much. Other news around the league, uh, stepping away from the, just the Giants, big preseason story was all the drama with Antonio Brown. We were talking <laughs> about Odell and uh, the diva wide receiver. First off, it started off with his, him having frostbite on his feet from a cryo chamber, and then there was all this drama with the helmet. I think it's really tough, especially since he's in a new system with John Gruden in the Raiders, and it was interesting to see on Hard Knocks. I don't know if you guys watch Hard Knocks, but I was watching that. It's just interesting to see where I'll fit in with this and all this drama and sitting out. What'd you guys think of that? Um, yeah, it was definitely interesting. Definitely uh, along the lines of uh, Diva wide receivers, and even today. Um, I don't know if you saw this, but he was uh, just complaining about the, all the fines he had received for missing all the practices due to the helmet. But I, I think it, it's just it's very interesting. Um, I think that Antonio Brown. I think that they get, he he'll have a good year, but I I just don't expect much out of the Raiders this year. Um, I'm not really sure what their plan is. Gruden and Mayock, their plan is just because they're cutting and getting rid of so much talent, and it's almost like they're they're getting assets back. But it's with those two guys, and all, I mean, I don't know what I expect with them to do, and the talent on their roster, uh, beyond AB and uh, Derek Carr. Josh Jacobs, players like that, is just really their defense is very bad. So I, I don't expect much from the Raiders this year, and I think that it's definitely uh, funny seeing what's going on with Antonio Brown. Given everything going on with the Raiders and the move to Vegas and just everything, it's a whole fiasco. This just 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 fits the narrative of what is happening with the Raiders organization. <laughs> yeah. This doesn't surprise me at all. I think we all love the diva wide receivers. When they're not on our team, yeah, it's something you can look and laugh at, and that's that's exactly what this is between the helmet and the frostbite, and just generally being an idiot. I mean, come on, <laughs> just just play football. You know, yeah. you can yeah. be entertaining like Randy Moss, yeah. and 
Terrell Owens and still be a good, productive football player, goes out there 16 games a year and wins playoff games and, and really makes a difference, and that you're not shipped out of wherever you I mean... Yeah, not hated by your teammates everywhere. Seriously, you, go. you know, there, there's as much of an idiot as Randy Moss and Terrell Owens could be. Wherever they went, they won and they played yeah. well and they were worth the headache. I'm not sure Brown's worth the headache at this point. I'm, I'm really yeah. not sure he yeah. is. And I, and I think that's what I think that's what this is really kind of boiling down to. But it took a dysfunctional franchise like the Raiders <laughs> To take the bait on 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 this guy and 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 it's 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 gone about as well as I figured it would when I heard this was going down. <laughs> All right, staying in California, uh, Melvin Ingram, uh, another running back who's holding out. The coaches come out and said we're moving on past him. We're gonna give Austin Eckler the starting spot. Right now, it looks like I've heard rumors that Philadelphia might get a trade to like rent him out. So, uh, I don't know. I don't think I don't think he plays at all this year. What do you guys think? Um, yeah, I I would have to agree with you that from what I've been seeing recently is that um, he's willing to hold out if they don't find a trading partner for him um, soon enough that he's willing to hold out the whole year uh, like Le'Veon did last year, and I I see that being more and more of a possibility right now. Well, it's funny when the when the off season started, I thought Melvin Gordon was going to get the contract and Zeke wasn't. That yeah. seemed kind of be the consensus of what most people thought, uh, and it's obviously not going to play out that way. It's a shame for San Diego, but again, San Diego is just one of those franchises that has never really been able to get out of its way. Obviously, the Giants and 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 the Chargers will forever be linked uh, over that whole quarterback thing. Mm-hmm. But for whatever reason, for for poor Philip Rivers, it's it's always gone like that. So th- yeah. this shouldn't this shouldn't surprise anybody, especially at, at this stage of his career where he could really use Gordon uh, behind yeah. him for 16 games. <laughs> you know, it, it's a shame that the NFL has gotten to a point where they don't value running backs, where you could stick a C.J. Anderson in there and you're just going to go right on to a Super Bowl. That's what the NFL has become. You know, look at Leonard Fournette and 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 what a suspect choice that looks like now you know there's there's not a lot of first round pick running backs in the league anymore there's not a lot of elite running backs either down to a handful and then really a lot of guys just kind of rotating with another guy that's the nature of the business i i understand gordon holding out he wants to get paid i'm sure that there's there's always going to be a team like the raiders who will take a flyer on a guy and give him the money uh, yeah, I think there's definitely some suitors out there. Like Buccaneers could definitely use a running back. Uh, I think the Niners with Jarek McKinnon going, they got Tevin Coleman. But there's definitely some teams that, that could use um, a talent like Melvin Gordon, especially being a top five running back in a league where running backs are Few just between. Yeah, yeah, and they're just getting less valued. So I think, yeah, there's definitely some teams that could use them. One story that shook the world, not just NFL, but sports, Andrew Luck announcing his retirement in the middle of a game, then getting booed as he's walking off the field. First off, I understand him getting booed because it was in the middle of the game. That is your first reaction. reaction, This guy screwed us over. He could have given us time to find a replacement. It was so sudden. 
I, I understand why the fans' initial reaction was to boo. But you look at Andrew Luck, he's done great things. Randy didn't take him to a Super Bowl or do anything like that. Put up great numbers. Injuries just got to him. And sadly, he has to step away from the game because of that. Yeah, and it, it's sad that uh, the GM in front office, um, for the first year, couple years he was there, they couldn't get an O-line in front of Andrew Luck. Yeah. So he was getting hit you know, a historic number of times and just getting such a beating in the backfield. And uh, it definitely now they have one of the best um, O lines in the league, but now it's you know a little too late for that just because you know he's and I, I could I 100% understand where uh, he's coming from. He's looking out for his health, his mental health, stuff like that. So it's it's definitely important. And um, I think for the Colts fans booing out there, it's it's not your decision to make. It's Andrew Luck's decision, and that's why he did what he did. Um, have some class if yeah. you're a Colts fan. Yeah. You you've had great quarterbacks for like 20 some odd years. It's worked out really well for you. And mm-hmm. and 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 uh Jacoby Brissett, he's going to be fine. It's probably yeah, probably the best backup in the league. Yeah. Up and there. this this once again will work out for the Colts. But show a little gratitude because I'll tell you what, I think if you're a free agent quarterback in the NFL, I think you'll have second thoughts going to Indianapolis at this point if that's the way trans uh, fans are going to treat like a legend. Yeah. I mean, come on. I know the guy never won anything. That's my whole point. He never won anything. I'm just kidding. Um, I like Andrew Luck. I never really thought Andrew Luck was all that. I think in a in a league like the NFL is now, I mean, he had the pedigree to really to achieve greatness. I don't know that he ever really did. Um, I didn't think much of him last uh, last postseason. I had low hopes for for the Colts. Uh, it's been a long time since the Colts really factored in at all. Because of just exactly that reason. So uh, it's unfortunate. I don't blame the guy. He got paid. He's got money for days. I think people miss, sort of misestimate or underestimate, I think might even be the actual word, how much this means to some guys. I mean, achieving, you know, being drafted number one, playing professional football, I think at, at some point, though, when you realize that you're not going to be a Hall of Famer and break every record in the books, I think the luster kind of, it's a job. It's a job that you go to every day. Everybody hates their job. Yeah. And it's no different, I think, when, when you lose your passion for the game. And that's ultimately what happened to Andrew Luck. It's a shame, but, you know, yeah. I, I, don't, I don't think it's the craziest thing that ever happened. I mean, guys retire young all the time. And, you know, I mean, again, I think the people that are most upset are people who have no talent, who have never played the game, who don't understand what it takes. Like myself, I have no idea. <laughs> Literally have no idea. And I think most fans don't. It's yeah. easy to boo. I've, I've, always been a, I've always been a guy. I don't think you boo like superstars. I don't think you have a right to do that. No, I agree. A lot of Colts fans have come out and said, now we understand but in the spur of the moment, it's the middle of a preseason game, and he just leaves, goes off the sideline saying, I'm retired. I understand where it's coming from. Also, it feels like you're leaving them high and dry. Uh, you were expected to play. Everyone was – they say they had Super Bowl aspirations. Don't necessarily think so. But I, I understand how you can be upset. But when you do go back and you reflect on it, yeah, it makes sense. But clearly he didn't have Super Bowl aspirations because I don't think he decided 
that day was the day. Uh-huh. I think he'd been kicking this yeah. around for a while. And and if fans were delusional enough not to recognize that or to think that that was, was, a, was a possibility at all, I think you're really... Again, I think people just don't understand what it takes. I mean, him talking about not wanting to go through another rehab. I'm like, oh, what a millennial thing to say. Have you ever been through a rehab? Have you ever tried to rehab a major injury? I mean, it's it's not fun. I have it, so again, I don't know. But from what I've heard, it's tough. Yeah. And again, yeah. when you're a bazillionaire and you've gotten paid, and, and, and I mean, there's not a lot of guaranteed NFL money. If you're one of the people that get it and you can retire... Peace out. Yeah, and the Colts have come out and said they're giving him his guaranteed money even for the mm-hmm. season. So, that, so that's uh, good. It's a nice gesture. Yeah. Uh, moving on, Texans got trade crazy. <laughs> Starting off with Jadavian Clowney to the Seahawks. Then they also traded for Carlos Hyde with Lamar Miller getting injured and then also trading for Kenny Stills. So they just started throwing everything around. Javion Clowney wanted out. I, I wish the Giants could have got something done because Javion Clowney is a talent. Uh, but the Carlos Hyde and Kenny Stills, those are old guys. I don't necessarily see them impacting the Texans too much. Yeah, well, I think the biggest piece of the trade was uh, Laramie Tunzel from uh, the Dolphins. Yeah. He's one of the best young tackle left tackles in the league, and uh, especially for Deshaun Watson, the Texans line that has been so so bad ever since he's been drafted there so that definitely helps out the the left side of the line but uh in terms of yeah giving away one of your best defensive playmakers uh behind J.J. Watt I would say I did, it was definitely a busy day for Houston I just I don't know the direction they're going in there I think they were just in panic mode just because Andrew Luck just retiring um they see the door opening for the AFC South for them but I I don't know how much they helped themselves out I definitely think they need to protect Watson. I really like yeah. that kid. I think he's got a real future in the NFL, and I think it's yeah. important that, you know, again, looking at what happened to Andrew Luck, that you protect your quarterback when he's young. Mm-hmm. And 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 this this team had that problem with David Carr many, many years yeah. ago. I mean, yep. that, that poor guy got beaten into the pavement, you know, before he could ever truly develop in this league. As far as Clowney's concerned, the only team I think he would be truly successful on and 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 really make his presence felt would be Seattle. I think if he went anywhere else, I would be expecting an off year. And I think, you know, pretty much anybody that heads out to Seattle and plays defense, it seems like it works. Yeah. And I think he's going to have a monster year in Seattle because it's the NFL and that's just how it goes. We got our picks for week 1, going to go through uh going to keep a running record of throughout the whole NFL season. And this is where we reach out to the fans. The loser, we're going to get a punishment video for him. Whether that's right. eating a hot pepper, something sour, this, that, I don't know. Reaching out to the fans for ideas, yeah. or we can come with, up with them for ourselves. But starting off, let's start off with the Giants at the Cowboys. I, I, I pick with my heart, not my brain. I'm going Giants. I, I just can't pick against them. I yeah I I went Cowboys but I think I think it's gonna be a very close game definitely closer than the two they played the past two times that they opened up in Dallas uh, yeah I think it's like a 21-17 24-21 super close game and the Cowboys I think they just beat us in a long field goal just like everyone else has beaten us in the past couple of years <laughs> unfortunately I'm with you man I mean this is just the kind of game the Giants win. 
I think the Giants could really, really, really use a, a week one win. As I mentioned earlier, I think with, with, with some of the strife that you have in Dallas right now with an unhappy Dak, with Zeke coming back without having a ton of reps in there, I think this is just the kind of game where I think the Giants could pull off an amazing upset. I'm going to go Giants. I really am. All right, uh, moving on to the game tomorrow, Thursday night football, starting off the NFL season. The Packers go to the Bears. I like Aaron Rodgers, but the Bears defense is just going to be too much. I, I'm taking the Bears. Yeah, um, I'm also taking the Bears. Um, I like what the Packers did um, in the offseason, helping out their defense, getting them a lot better. But I also think that heading into Chicago for the, the big NFL 100 uh, anniversary celebration with the uh, suffocating defense I just think and especially after last year um, Aaron Rodgers coming back after the injury and then beating them I think they, they want a little bit of revenge and uh, yeah I have the Bears winning I watched a few Bears games last year start to finish so I'm going Packers in this one Okay. I was just never really all that impressed with the Bears I mean you know a lot of takeaways that's great but it's Aaron Rodgers and uh, I don't know new head coach doesn't I don't think it matters who the coach is Okay. You know what I mean? I, I, Aaron Rodgers is one of those guys who it, it doesn't. I mean, the guy with the drawing the X's and O's doesn't make a difference because Aaron Rodgers is going to do what Aaron Rodgers got to do when he gets out on the football field. So I like Aaron Rodgers, and I'll tell you what, I think this game's not even going to be that close. Oh. I got you. Maybe I'll go seventeen three, pack. Low yeah. scoring. How about uh-huh. that? Okay. Well, right. hey, we'll see. All right. Uh, <laughs> okay. Titans at the Browns. I, I'm very high on the Browns. I like Baker Mayfield. I obviously like Odell. Uh, I like their defense. I think their defense is really underrated. Uh, people are talking about their offense a lot, but their defense is pretty solid. So I'm taking the Browns at home. Titans just aren't really that impressive. Um, yeah, I'm taking the Titans actually over the Browns oh, just because, right. yeah, I, I know there's a lot of hype uh, riding in a week one in Cleveland. So I just think the the overhype, it, it gets to them. Titans have a, a good defense that could um, definitely uh, diminish the Browns a little bit. And um, I think Marcus Mariota has a, a good solid year. So I think, yeah, Titans over the Browns. I think this could be a real humbling moment for Baker Mayfield, a quick punch in the teeth, opening day at home. But I don't think it's going to happen. I got the Browns winning this one. Right. Not that I wouldn't mind seeing it, though. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, then we got the Ravens at the Dolphins. The Dolphins are just a dumpster fire right now, and the Ravens have a solid defense. Lamar Jackson, uh, really stud to watch when it comes to a rushing quarterback. Uh, I'm picking the Ravens to go in, get it done in Miami. Yeah, I, I have the same one. I have Ravens over Dolphins. I just There's not a lot that the Dolphins have left to, yeah. to work with. Um, and the Ravens have that very good defense, as you said. So, yeah, I picked the Ravens. One of my best friends is a huge Dolphins fan, and even he's picking the Ravens this <laughs> week. So I'll go with that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean. One of the easier ones. The Dolphins announced Ryan Fitzpatrick as their quarterback, and he's known to light it up he, at the beginning of the season. So You might get some Fitz magic, yeah. Yeah, but, so. But, yeah, I mean, I the Ravens are the easy bet here. Yeah. Uh, then we got the Falcons at the Vikings. This is a tough one. I'm going to have to go Minnesota. Just that defense is too good. Yeah, um, I'm actually going Falcons. Um, they had an ups- upsetting year last year with most of their defense getting hurt. Um, but the, while their offense was still explosive, I expect their offense to continue to build into this year. And the Vikings, all of last year when they – 
had big primetime games against better teams, uh, teams with a winning record. They always didn't show up and always lost. So I expect that theme to carry over just because I don't, I don't think Kirk Cousins is the best quarterback out there. So I think, the, yeah, I take the Falcons over the Vikings. It's a tough place to win a football game on the road, I think. Yeah. So I'm going to go with the Vikings in a close one. Then we got probably one of the worst games of football this week to start us off with the Bills at the Jets. Taking the Jets, uh, this I don't think is going to be a pretty game. Both not the best football teams, but Sam Darnold I think is going to let it fly. Bills' defense is is underrated, Mm -hmm. but I I still think the Jets get it done. Yeah, I agree with you. I'd take the the Jets over the Bills. Um, Like you said, the Bills' defense is underrated. They have a very good secondary, but um, I, I see the Jets coming out with the win in week one. I'm going Buffalo here. Okay. I feel like Buffalo made great strides last season. I think they got a pretty good core of young players. Uh, and I just absolutely hate the Jets. <laughs> All right. I'll never pick the Jets. How about that? <laughs> okay. Fair enough. Then uh, the other two teams in the NFC East going at it as the Redskins go to Philadelphia to take on the Eagles. Uh, I just think the Redskins are worse than the Giants right now and the Eagles are pretty good so I'm going to take the Eagles at home yeah I agree that's a pretty easy one for me I, I take the Eagles over the Redskins without even much thought yeah um you know I, I I would just want to say that I think Haskins is going to be such a great quarterback and I really thought it would have been great if he would have been a New York Giant uh but it is going to be some time until the Redskins get their act together so this is an easy pick gotta go Philly then uh, then we got the Rams at the Panthers. Rams coming off a season that was disappointing, losing in the Super Bowl. I think they're one of the toughest teams. They're going to be another tough team this year. Uh, Aaron Donald, I think, has a chance to be the third ever defensive player to win the MVP. Uh, the last one being uh, Lawrence Taylor in 1986. So I, I think the Rams are going to get it done. Uh, Panthers just aren't, aren't what they had in that Super Bowl season. Yeah, um, I'm actually going to go Panthers over Rams here. Um, I think that the Rams, I, I think the Super Bowl hung, hung, or hangover is uh, actually a real thing. And I think that uh, going into this year, they I think they still have a chance to make the playoffs just because the NFC West isn't so uh, powerful at the top. But, um, yeah, I think they, they start off week one um, with a setback, and the Panthers take the win. I got the Rams taking this one in a close game, but I, I, I think it's one of those games where I do think the Panthers, they got a lot to prove. Uh, obviously, Newton has a, has a lot riding on this season. So, mm-hmm. again, tough, tough place to win. Yeah, Tough place to win. It really is. A game that's really intriguing to me, probably the best offense in the Kansas City Chiefs, going to who I think is possibly the best defense mm-hmm. in the Jaguars. It's tough, but I'm going to go the upset here. I think the Jaguars are going to get it done at home, knock uh, Patrick Mahomes off his MVP pedestal right now. Yeah, uh, I, I agree with you on that one. I think uh, I'm going to take the Jags over the Chiefs. I think it will be a high-scoring game, uh, a lot of points on the board, but I, I see the Jags uh, maybe winning by a field goal. In the Guys end. are out of your minds. Pat Mahomes, come on. That, no way. That Jags defense pretty good. I know it's good. Enough to contain this guy for four quarters? No. Enough for maybe three? Yes. Will they pull away in the fourth? They will. They win by two touchdowns. 
And, well, the Jags also don't have a quarterback now that's an interception machine in trading to get that's... Nick Foles. So I think that will definitely benefit them, and I like him here. Moving on, we got the Colts at the Chargers. Uh, I, I don't see Jacoby Brissett getting the win. I, I like the Chargers here. Uh, I do like I like Austin Eckler more for uh, Philip Rivers than Melvin Gordon because he's just so good catching the football. And I think Philip Rivers is going to shine, possibly even have an MB, MVP caliber season with the weapons he has in with the Chargers. Um, yeah, so I'm going to go Colts over Chargers on this oh, one. Um, right. I think, yeah, I think Jacoby Brissett, uh, like I said, we were talking about earlier, he's one of the best backup quarterbacks in the NFL. I think that he comes into this week one, he, and he shocks a lot of people and beats uh, Chargers defense, who is uh, a little bit down right now with Der- Derwin James missing um, the first half of the season and maybe even more. I think that's that opens up a lot in the secondary, and uh, um, yeah, I'm going to take the Colts. I had the Colts until Andrew Luck retired. Now I'll be <laughs> taking the Chargers. Then we got the Bengals at the Seahawks. Uh, I, I just the Bengals are just not good, and the Seahawks getting mm-hmm. Jadavian Clowney. Uh, they they really have everyone back, every one of their core players back. I think Russell Wilson's going to run all over them and throw all over them. Seahawks are just going to get it done at home. Tough place to play in uh, Seattle. Uh, yeah, I agree with you on that one. That was uh, another one of the, the easier picks. Bengals, I, I don't expect much out of them this year, and it's always tough going to Seattle and uh, knock them off. The Seahawks have an 82% chance of winning that game. I think you might as well just call it 100%. <laughs> That's an easy one. Matter of fact, give it 9.5, I'd even, I'd, even, I'd even give the points. <laughs> That's how yeah. much I – That's how strongly I feel about the Hawks in this one. Yeah. All right. And then we had uh, – I think a pretty interesting game. The Lions at the Cardinals. Uh, Cardinals, obviously, they got Kyler Murray. A lot of hype around him. The Lions, uh, Matt Patricia's second season as the head coach. Uh, I, I like the Lions. I just don't think the Cardinals are, are going to be good. Yeah, um, yeah, I agree. I have the Lions over the Cardinals. Um, I think the Lions' defense is uh, it gets slept on a lot. They're they're very underrated. They have a good defense, and along with it, Matthew Stafford is also underrated. He just doesn't hasn't had the, a whole lot of weapons around him in his career. But um, yeah, they're, I think the Lions would be a lot better than people think this year, and I think they're going to win Week One. Yeah, Cardinals are a disaster. I think this is another <laughs> one of those easy games. Uh, I think the Lions win this one in a laugher. And then uh, then we got the Niners. At the Buccaneers, uh, this is a tough one to pick. I'm going with the Niners, just defense. They got a solid defense. The Buccaneers, there's just a lot of problems with them right now. So I'm, I'm going with the Niners. Yeah, I agree. I'm taking the Niners too, um, especially Bucks O-line isn't the best in that 49ers pass rush. Um, for trading for D Ford, uh, drafting Nick Bosa, and then they um, they have Arik Armstead and then uh, DeForest Buckner. They, the other, But, they yeah, they have a great pass rush. So I, I see them getting uh, – all over Jameis Winston that week one and uh, winning the game. I just have a feeling about this one. Tampa Bay okay. is going to win last second field goal to beat the Niners. Mark my words. All right. I, 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 All right. We'll hold you to that. Yeah. Please do. <laughs> then we got the Sunday night football Steelers going to the Patriots. You know, gr- growing up in New England as a Giants fan, I hate the Patriots so much because Patriots fans are just – I hate them. I, I don't know – Yeah, they're the worst. How else to say it? They, all over 
uh, Tom Brady thinking he's the football god. I don't, I don't think that. I think Belichick is what makes the Patriots the Patriots. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to have the Patriots winning at home against the Steelers. But because of yeah. Belichick. Because of Belichick. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm actually going with the upset here. I'm picking the Steelers mm-hmm. over the Pats just because uh, another team that I think is very underrated, the Steelers, just because they got um, Le'Veon walks and then they get rid of ab so i think but they still have a lot of talent good, good young defense probably the best line in football big ben is still there with juju and uh james connor and the patriots are they usually always have a rough start to uh season they usually don't start off too hot so i, I expect a steelers win sunday night over the pats you make a solid point you really do they, they but yeah. the patriots never lose to the steelers they did last it's, year when I say never, I don't always mean never. I mean mostly mean never. In a big game opening night on Sunday night, there is no way Tom Brady lets Ben Roethlisberger beat him. Absolutely not. No way. All right, moving on to Monday night football. And I hate the Pats. Let me also yeah. stress that for the record. Uh, yeah, I'll put a third on that one. <laughs> then uh, the doubleheader, starting off the doubleheader on Monday night football, we got the Texans at the Saints. This is going to be a shootout. Mm-hmm. I like the Saints over them. Just, I think the defense is just better. Granted, the Texans do have probably one of the best defensive players in J.J. Watt, but Saints just overall defense is better, and it's it's still going to be a shootout, though. Yeah, I agree. I think it will be a high-scoring game as well, um, but I'm taking the Saints because uh, they usually do not lose in New Orleans, especially that first week. Yeah. I also don't believe that there's any way the Saints lose in New Orleans. If they lose a game there this year, I'll be shocked that it's not going to be to the Texans. All right, and then rounding out week one, the rear end of the doubleheader for Monday Night Football, the Broncos at the Raiders. I'm going with an upset here because I am high on the Raiders from Hard knocks. So I'm going the Raiders with the upset just because right. of hard knocks. All right. Uh, I, I'm picking the Broncos over the Raiders just because we touched on the Raiders before, but I just I don't see them doing much this year. They don't have a lot of talent. Their defense isn't great. And uh, the Broncos' defense is still, still very good. They just uh, – Vic Fangio is their new head coach, so they'll have him coming in. So, I, yeah, I expect that. Week one, Monday night game, go to the Broncos. I've got the Raiders winning two or three games this year, and it's certainly not going to be opening day. (laughs) So, going Broncos here. Talk a little bit of fantasy football here. Starting off with some fantasy sleepers. I'll kick us off. One person I think is going to be big, D.D. Westbrook on the Giants. I mean, uh, the the Jaguars, I'm sorry. They lost Allen Hearns and Allen Robinson. Like I said earlier, they got Nick Foles there. He needs a wide receiver to throw to, and I think D.D. Westbrook is going to be that guy. Uh, I also like Alexander Madsen for the Vikings. Vikings just brought in a new O.C. Uh, Mike Zimmerman wanted to run the football more. You know Dalvin Cook has a lot of injuries in college and especially last year on the Vikings. So I like him to uh, get a lot of carries. Then I also have Daryl Henderson, Rams, Running back from Memphis, he's a rookie. With what we've seen and the knee injuries from Todd Gurley, I, I like him to get some carries. And then uh, I also got Robbie Anderson on the Jets. He had a phenomenal year last year with Sam Darnold, and I think he's going to be Sam Darnold's number one target. 
Then uh, Lamar Jackson, if you're in a league where you can get a lot of points from rushing yards with your quarterback, it's good to have a rushing quarterback. And to round it off for my fantasy sleepers, I got TJ Hawkinson with the Lions. Matt Stafford loves to throw to tight ends. Rookie, one of, if not the best tight end in college football last year, and I think he'll have a good year with Matt Stafford. Yeah, um, for my sleepers, one uh, name I picked is Devin Singletary from uh, the Bills, Bills running back. Obviously, um, they just released LaShawn McCoy. They have plans to just use uh, Singletary, Yeldon, and uh, Frank Gore maybe in a third third down back. Or, no, Yeldon in the third down back. But anyways, uh, Singletary, the rookie running backs in fantasy historically always um, have big years. Rookie running backs are known to have big years. So I, I, I like Singletary. Um He's a he's a smaller back, but uh, he's very elusive. He can catch out of the backfield, um, which is big in PPR formats, stuff like yeah. that for fantasy. So I think he's one. And uh, one other I had is Tyler Boyd, uh, the receiver from the Bengals. Uh, just with AJ Green being out those first uh, couple weeks, I don't know how was injury diagnosis is how long until um, he comes back. But he's so Tyler Boyd is going to be the number one receiver there. For the first couple of weeks, uh, he flashed last season. He, he had a big year. And um, also on top of that, I think they're going to be catching up in games a lot because I think they're going to be got down a lot. I don't think they're going to be running the ball in the third and fourth quarters. I think they're going to be passing heavy. So I, I expect Tyler Boyd to have big year with big numbers. Josh Jacobs, Oakland Raiders, the uh, Alabama kid. I think he's going to put up some big numbers this year. Yeah. Uh, he's on my fantasy team. I was pretty excited about him. I'll tell you who else I think – uh, has some real sleeper potential is Sterling Shepard. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, again, you look at Golden Tate. Obviously, going to be out the first four games without Beckham. Obviously, this is a slant running team. I think this guy could put up and have a phenomenal season. Uh, and I, and I think if you were uh, smart enough to to snag a guy like that, I think you're going to get really rewarded. Uh, and and I would think you'll see more touchdowns uh, from him as well. So. Uh, very exciting there. Uh, also, uh, Kyler Murray. I've got Kyler Murray on my fantasy team. I've also got uh, Russell Wilson. And I feel like those two guys, it's going to be a good year. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, I, I think Kyler Murray. I was never, I wasn't big on Kyler Murray. And I, and I heard earlier today, I guess the coach is a little um, mystified as to what he has there and decided to publicly discuss that uh but i think that kid's gonna be huge yeah. i really do i i i think that um i think he's gonna be a big time number one draft pick and and i and i didn't think that before and i wasn't sure why he just automatically was like the number one pick because of the size but i've seen enough out of that guy that um i think he's got superstar potential yeah, uh, I agree with that. I, I think, especially in fantasy, when you have a running running QB that's big, especially one that can score touchdowns, because in most fantasy leagues, passing touchdowns only four points, rushing touchdowns six points, mm-hmm. stat, racking up those points. Now let's move on to some fantasy busts. Antonio Brown, uh, just the diva stuff. I, I just don't expect him to have a big season like he did last year, even even though it was rough last year. Uh, also, Devontae Adams, people are really high on him. A lot of first-round picks going to Devontae Adams. I just think whenever it comes to the Packers, 
they don't ever – just Aaron Rodgers just throws it to whoever he wants and can make any receiver look good. So it's tough to pick one out of the bunch when it comes to the Packers. Also, Sony Michelle and James White for the Patriots. I don't like running backs by committee on my fantasy teams. Mm-hmm. If you're going to have one, if you are – if you do want to leash one, get Sony Michelle and James White. That's also really tough because you don't know you're picking and choosing which week you want to play them and who's going to score a touchdown. So that's rough. And also Eric Ebron, Jack Doyle, especially now. I, I had this posted. I had this listed as a bust before Andrew Luck, but especially now without Andrew Luck, when you have two good players and they're both vying for a spot, I just don't like that on my fantasy team. Um, I would agree with those. And so for mine, first one I went with uh, Leonard Fournette. I just uh, he's always usually injury prone. Um, the offensive line isn't the best, and then he just doesn't give you much as a receiver either. So I think in most format he's and he's ranked in like the top twenty, top fifteen for yeah. uh, for fantasy players. I just don't think that that's where his value will be. And the other player I have is uh, George Kittle, just because they. They drafted uh, Debo Samuel and Jalen Hurd. They're both wide receivers, but, I mean, a lot of the the passing touches are going to go to them. And um, I just don't see George Kittle coming out with the same production as he did last year. I still see him being, like, a top five tight end in that range, but I just don't think he could match the production that he did last year. Um, I think Ezekiel Ezekiel Elliott is definitely going to have a downer year. Um, I'm never crazy about guys missing camp. I think yeah. injuries tend to happen. Obviously, he's a, a top three or four pick in everybody's league, so you blew an early pick on him. There's a pretty good chance uh, that I think he's going to have a less than Zeke sort of year. I think the other obviously bust pick is Melvin Gordon. Yeah, uh, yeah you know, yeah. you're you're sort of had to make that pick and hope that you'd have a similar situation as Ezekiel Elliott. I agree with Kittle too. I I definitely. Uh, I think he's definitely going to come down to earth a little bit. That's all I got. All right. Oh, and Odell Beckham. Okay. Ooh. I think Odell Beckham is not going to have a great season. Don't ask me why. Right. I had a dream. <laughs> okay. And that's what I came up with. You Martin Luther King Jr. now? Um, <laughs> it wasn't that kind of dream. <laughs> this one was bad. Real bad. All right. It's a nightmare. Uh, now to round off the show. What fantasy guys do you expect to do good in week one? Uh, I have Lamar Jackson at Miami. Like I just said, running quarterbacks are really good in fantasy because they can pick up those rushing touchdowns, and I think Lamar Jackson is going to go off. Kerryon Johnson at Arizona. A lot of people uh, don't know what they're going to get with Kerryon Johnson, but week one he has a solid uh, matchup. And then uh, Austin Eckler against the Colts. I like Austin Eckler with Philip Rivers being able to catch it out of the backfield. And obviously, uh, Melvin Gordon's not there. Uh, I like Tyler Lockett versus the Bengals because now that Doug Baldwin's not there, Tyler Lockett should be the guy for Russell Wilson. Mm-hmm. I, I really like Allen Robinson against the Packers because the Packers are, are tough. Uh, I mean, tough when it comes to their defense. I, I don't really like it. And Mitch Trubisky's a solid QB, and Allen Robinson should be his number one guy. Uh, Darren Waller, the Raiders' new tight end. Uh, this is another pick I'm picking because of Hard Knocks. He's looked solid. He's dealt with uh, drug and addiction issues in the past. 
He's gotten clean. He He's impressed a lot in camp. Raiders are really high on him. And against the Broncos, they, they have a tough defense. But tight ends usually do pretty well against the Broncos. And for a defense, I got the Jets against Buffalo. Buffalo's offense is just not really that good. And Jets' defenses can get stuff done. My list leads off with uh, Mark Ingram playing against uh... – in Miami against the Dolphins. Uh, the Dolphins obviously don't have a great defense, and the Ravens are really run-heavy offense. Also, Mark Ingram can play all three downs. He, he saw a lot of screen action with him in New Orleans. So um, he gets in the PPR. He can get you some catches, um, yards after the catch, and then they just run the ball a lot. And against a bad defense, I see him having a big week. The other one I had is – Russell Wilson against the Bengals because I don't expect the Bengals to have a big year on defense either, and Russell Wilson um, gives you the the value with his legs as well um, with his throwing ability, and they, I just see him having a big week there. I said it before; I'll say it again. I think Sterling Shepard, who's going to be prime target one and two for the New York Giants, when it's not going to Barkley, it's going to go to Shepard. I expect him to have like a ten catch kind of a game. Okay. Uh, I got Nick Chubb running all over Tennessee. Uh, I think he's primed and ready for a big game. And uh, Russell Wilson, uh, I'm with you there. I think he's going to put up some big numbers. Uh, and 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 the defense, I like to see Denver. I think Denver is going to have a, a, a heck of an opening night uh, against them, uh, Oakland Raiders. And that's going to be it for the show. Episode one of John about the G-Men. Guys, if the fans want to reach out to you and follow you, how can they reach out to you? Uh, you can reach me at, at Scanlon93. Uh, it's S-C-A-N-L-O-N, my last name, Scanlon93 on Twitter. I'm all over the social media. You could find me. Uh, you know, I, I got I got pages. Clovercrestmedia.com would probably be the easiest way to, to, to find out what I'm all about. I got mad Twitter handles and, and all sorts of <laughs> Facebook pages and stuff. If you want me, you'll find me. We'll get a page up for this show as yeah. well. Uh, we'll make it real easy for you to come and get us. And uh, if you're a Twitter person, uh, whatever this Twitter account is when we start it, I'm going to be talking mad crap. All right. Uh, you can follow me. At Big Jace the Ace, Jace J A C E, on both Instagram and Twitter. Thank you guys for listening, and we will see you next week.